Welcome to Abby and the Mustangs. This podcast connects Mustang lovers everywhere and sparks conversations in an effort to promote the adoptions of American Mustangs. I'm your host, Abby Condi. So I'm really excited for this episode. This is kind of a fun one because I get to hear from listeners and from real people about their Mustang success stories or, I mean, just any meaningful story that they've had with their Mustang. And you're also going to hear, well, we'll start off with my personal success story with my Mustang, and then I might just move on to um, one of the Tales from the Trails. It's a BLM blog on BLM.gov, and I absolutely love to read the blog article. So I'm going to read one of my favorite ones about Wild Burrows, and then we're going to hear a few success stories from listeners, and I mean, actually, they're just really random people on Facebook. I put a post out on one of my Mustang uh, groups that I'm in, and I was like, hey, send in your stories, and I will feature them on my podcast and include a photo so I can, you know, describe your horse and things like that. So that's what you're going to be hearing. So to start out, I'm just going to kind of... um, Um, let you guys get to know me a little bit better in my Mustang story. So I'm going to take it back to the beginning when I first really got into Mustangs. And at this time, I was 15 years old, sophomore in high school, and I had gotten into a little bit of trouble in high school with my parents. They wanted to take me out of school, but, you know, they ended up letting me stay in on the one condition that I trained this wild Mustang for a 100-day youth tip challenge. So at first, I was like, what the heck? Like, I'm not a Mustang person. I mean, we've had Mustangs before, but we had just sold them. We hadn't really done anything with them. Uh, So what am I going to do with this Mustang? Whatever. I don't know. As I got closer, obviously, I was, you know, more excited because, hey, I'm getting a new horse. What girl wouldn't be excited? But I was still a little bit nervous because, obviously, I had never trained a Mustang from, you know, the very beginning before. So I think pickup for our horses, let's see, the show was in December, so about three months before that, uh, October, I guess, is probably when pickup was, so around October, I went to the Florence Holding Pens, and all of the competitors were there, and there was actually a demo given by some clinician, I can't remember who it was, but a cowboy had come, and he kind of gave us a little demo with the Mustang and the round pen to kind of give, you know, beginner trainers kind of a sense of what to expect, uh, even though it didn't really work out well because the horse that he had picked was like puppy dog friendly. So anyways, uh, unrealistic expectations for me when I got home. So it took me about seven days after I got my little sorrel filly home. I actually named her Lana. So, um, She's sorrel. She had three white socks and like a stripe connected to a star, connected to a snip, like a really just thin little sliver down her face. She's so cute. Um, so when I got her, she was this big chunky potato shaped uh, two-year-old and it took me about seven days to even touch her for the first time and after that it was just you know super easy with her she wanted to do anything for me she was just an absolute sweetheart and I fell in love with her over the 100 days and I did not plan on keeping her I was like dead set on selling her because I was like hey like 
I don't need another horse, but, you know, she came into my life, and I kind of got my act together, you know, training her. I was staying out of trouble because I was home every day outside working with her in the sweltering heat of Welton, which is the town where I live in. So, uh, yeah, we ended up making it to the 100 days, and when we got to the competition, I was, like, super intimidated. I felt like I was going against the best of the best, and it turned out, I mean, we were all at the same level. I mean, I was like, wow, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, like, an outsider here. Everyone was super welcoming and just so friendly, and I actually made, like, lifelong friends at this first tip challenge. So, anyways, me and Lana get to competing. We're in the youth division, and I don't remember how how many were in the youth there was quite a few I want to say like maybe 15 at the most um so I mean they only placed up to 10th place I think so I mean there was a lot of room for not doing very well so anyways I went through the handling conditioning course which I think I got like fourth place on um we went through the trail course I believe we got second place and then our freestyle we got first place I might be wrong about the trail course I really cannot remember I should have like went back and looked at my ribbons but I really can't remember anyway so we did really well in the freestyle I was super proud of it best freestyle I've probably ever planned I mean on the fly I think I planned it the night before we got to the competition um but anyway so that went really well for us in the final um announcements for you know placings and all that I ended up well me and Lana we ended up winning the overall youth champions and it just like blew my mind I was like what the heck like I did not think I was going to place you know they go from 10th all the way back to first when they got to second place I was just sitting there like okay whatever you know because I did not think that we had done that well of a job to have won but I guess that we did and it was just I mean the proudest moment of my life I think you know up until that point I was just extremely proud and so we took home a buckle and I ended up you know keeping the horse so we took the horse home and um, I've had her ever since she's five now I that yeah so got her as a two-year-old I've had her for three years and I absolutely love that horse to death she is just so like she loves she loves to just be with me and loves to play and like loves quality time she's just such a little ham which just such an emotional horse I love her to death um but anyway so that's you know kind of my Mustang success story and I'm just really proud of that horse I've put you know blood sweat and tears into her and uh she's not the prettiest you know best conformed animal but she has the most heart and the most try and I mean she's a sorrel <laughs> sorrel mare that's exactly my type of horse in fact that's my type of horse so much that I got uh, you know an identical filly after that because oh she looked like Lana I had to have her and she has the best mind as well so a little bit about Lana if you're interested in you know knowing she is actually from Wheeler Pass HMA and the reason that her herd was actually gathered was because they were starving so that was she was part of an emergency gather so she's lucky to have you know made it to holding because um, her herd was starving you know and then um, her little twin lookalike which which is my other filly, Louisa. She came from, um, what is it called? Um, where did she come from? Oh, she came from Triple B. So Louisa had come from Triple B HMA. 
I just love the brain on that horse. She's just so sweet and she loves to work. I actually trained her and Lana at Liberty and they kind of go at the same time. I can get them as a pair, but um, she loves to work. If I turn her out in the arena and then I go out there to go move a barrel or something, she will run right up to me and start, you know, doing the Spanish walk or side passing towards me just, you know, to get a treat because she, uh, I use positive reinforcement. So she's like, hey, can we play? And it's just so sweet. I'm like, oh my goodness, sure. So I entertain her because I don't really want her to lose that drive to work. It's just, I mean, that's a really rare trait to find in some horses. So uh, yeah, that's a little bit about my success story. Um, but we are going to move on to one of the BLM blog posts. And again, this one is really cool. It's about burrows and I'm going to go over it right now. I'm going to read straight from the blog post actually. So the title is actually called Wild Burrows Bring Joy to Assisted Living Facility. And this was published on July 9th, 2020 by BLM staff. This is what it says. The Bureau of Land Management has amazing volunteers and adopters. Two volunteers for BLM California, Karen Usko and John Auburn, have done some fun things with their adopted burrows. They are tip trainers, BLM ambassadors at adoptions, parade participants, pack burrow racers, founders of the California Breakfast Burritos, which is a pack burrow training group that runs with their burrows in the morning before breakfast, and they sometimes take their burrows to the local farmer's market. They definitely take volunteering to a higher level. Not only do they volunteer for BLM California promoting adoptions, but they also volunteer their animal services. In November 2018, Megan, the program assistant at Ridgecrest Corrals, and JJ, a wrangler at the corrals, were taking their animals to visit High Desert Haven, a local assisted living facility. Megan brought her burrow, and JJ brought his Divide Basin Wyoming horse, Jailbird, a.k.a. JB. They invited Karen and John along. Of course, they accepted. We are always happy to do burrow stuff, says Karen. At the facility, they talked to the residents and staff about burrows, horses, and BLM. The residents petted the animals, and the residents as well as the employees were so happy to interact with the horses and burrows. The animals have a power effect on people. In December 2019, John and Karen were walking the burrows around town, as they do, when someone pulled over, presumably to look at the burrows. The driver asked them if they would be willing to go to High Desert Haven again. She was an employee and remembered their visit. Karen says, We had such a positive experience during our last visit that it had been far too long since we were there. Karen and John connected with JJ about the opportunity. On this visit, they brought two Clark Mountain Herd Area orphan burrows and JJ's Mustang, JB, again. Everyone was happy to see the animals and spend some time outside with the animals. While were there, while they were there, an employee asked Karen if they could come back and visit the residents who were confined to their rooms because of their conditions, and Karen accepted without hesitation. When COVID-19 arrived, Karen decided to arrange a visit to cheer up the residents and staff. All the residents had to stay in their rooms to maintain proper social distancing. They walked the animals around the outside and said hello to the residents through their windows. Even at a distance, the residents enjoyed seeing the burrows and the burrows enjoyed seeing the people. Two weeks later, with Mother's Day coming close, Karen decided it was a good opportunity to go once more. They arranged another visit. 
This time, they wore masks to protect the residents. They invited friends from their California breakfast burrito group to come with them. They took the burros to all of the residents' windows and wished them all a happy Mother's Day. The residents were thrilled, and the burros soaked up the attention. Karen and John believe the burros have a positive effect on people at High Desert Haven based on the smiles they see. Plus, the burros love the attention, Karen states. We will sure do this again as often as they want us there. So there's actually pictures. There's like two burros outside of a window, and they're outside of the doors, and the elderly people are like petting them, and it's just so sweet. These pictures are really great. Um, but more stories that are similar to this you can find on blm.gov, and the blog is called uh, Tales from the Trails, and I find a lot of these really cool stories, so go ahead and go take a look. But now we are going to hear from you the listeners, and I'm going to share some of your success stories. So this story is from a girl named Alana, and this is from her point of view. So I'm going to be saying I, 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 but it's a lot of these stories are going to be like that. Just know that I'm reading straight from what they wrote, okay? So us horse people are always scrolling online to see what's out there. I stumbled across an ad for horses for sale. Right away, I wanted her. She was three years old, 16 hands, and they were only asking 700. I was not looking to buy a horse at this time. After talking to the people, I find out she's a Mustang, but tame and has been handled daily and whatever, whatever. I decided to go look at her. She was furry from her winter coat and thin with terrible hooves and tangled mane, but you could see her kind eyes and that was it. I wanted her. He had a few others for sale too, so I had looked at those, saw this other mare that was built just so nice, and I wanted her too. I made sure to ask as many questions I knew to ask. Most importantly, were they able to be sold? He said yes. I paid 1100 for these two thin, non-broke Mustangs. Crazy, I know. So I think what she means by um, if they were able to be sold, because they are Mustangs, um, Mustangs are titled after one year of ownership from the BLM, and a title means that they are owned by the adopter, not by BLM. So if a horse is not titled, they are still technically owned by BLM, and they cannot be sold without the BLM knowing. It has to be a transfer of ownership, okay? So anyway, she posted some ad photos, and yeah, they're furry, and you can see their ribs, but this one horse just has a mo just the most magnificent forelock in Maine that goes like down to his nose just about and then there's this little bay with a white sock on the left hind and a star and a tiny little snip on her nose um, and then there's a picture of the two of them then she says fast forward they were not as tame as what I was led to believe they were not titled and they were not allowed to be sold as soon as I found out, I immediately contacted BLM. Took four months and some threatening to sue to get them in my name after I was threatened to have them repossessed. I worked with them daily as much as I could and eventually sent one to my friend to saddle break and eventually rehomed the other to a wonderful young woman in Colorado. I have met new friends in the Mustang community and I learned so much more about what goes into everything with Mustangs. I have now taken in a 1.5 year old to work through the tip requirements to see if becoming a tip trainer would interest me. I adore my main Mustang mare and she's with me for life. So then she posts a picture of this absolutely beautiful horse, which I'm guessing is an after photo of the bay that I saw before. Yeah, it sure is. Same horse. Wow. So she looks absolutely stunning now with all the weight in her you know, coat is slick and everything. Okay, so next story, this is from Alexis. 
And she says, it's the longest story, and I hope it still fits the topic. Here goes nothing. Growing up, I always wanted horses and envied those who had them. I would always be at their houses, hanging with them in their horses. When I was very young, my family had a ranch, but our landlord sold it out from under us. My older sister had a pony, but then we had nowhere to keep him after we lost the ranch. Well, fast forward 12 to 13 years after moving to four different states, we finally found a small 2.5 acre piece of land in Arizona. I raised a Holstein calf for the county fair and with the profits, I begged my mom to let me get a horse. I bought the panels for a pen and sent every ad for every horse I could find that was within my budget and what I wanted. I sent her many ads, but then I came across a Facebook ad for a small roan gelding and a slightly bigger sorrel gelding. I always wanted a roan. I showed my mom and I told her I liked them. She told me to contact the seller and my heart jumped. Are you sure? Really? <laughs> I've definitely been there before. <laughs> so totally like, oh my gosh, my mom said yes, I can get a horse. Okay, back to the story. And I immediately asked if they were still available. I was told the roan was pending, but the 10-year-old sorrel was still available, and I was welcome to come check him out. Now, I hadn't had any horses in the last 12 years. I played with other people's, but never really rode, other than a few lessons here and there and trail rides, or trained, but both my parents had a little bit of experience. I get there to meet the sorrel gelding, and I find out later, at the, I found out his name at the time was Jack. The seller, who is now a very good friend of mine, told me how he's super unsure about a lot, he's super stubborn, and he can be hard to catch, and I was told he bucked when the previous owners rode him. I immediately felt a connection when I saw him, and he greeted me at the opening to his pen. I halted him with ease, took him out, and lunched him, and everyone in the family said they could tell right then and there that he was meant to be my boy. I played with him a bit more that day than put him away and asked if I could think on it as I was a green handler myself and I wanted to be sure I could do right by him. I did tons of research while dreaming of having horses all throughout those 12 to 13 years, but I did not have the hands-on experience. A day or two later, I came back and finalized the deal because I couldn't get him off my mind. I met with another lady and a great paint mare within those few days and I didn't feel anything near the same thing I felt with Jack. He was meant to be my horse, and I could feel it. He had my heart as soon as he laid his nose in my hand, and he has been here a year now, and I have ridden him as at least 10 times. Nothing too major. He's super, super green, but I went months without working with him to a job and training for another show. Went out and hopped on him bareback in a rope halter, and he acted like the oldest, brokest horse out there. He meets me at the gate, talks to me every time he sees me outside, and always wants to be where I am. If we trot and I happen to miss my post, he slows to a stop as if he thinks I'm falling off, and he tiptoed with me the first few rides. He's the biggest baby with so much personality, I couldn't have asked for a better first horse. He has taught me so much, probably more than I ever taught him. He got me hooked on the brand, and now I have two other Mustangs I have gentled myself. This sorrel that she posted pictures of is absolutely stunning he has this big thick blaze down his face but there's like two patches of like sorrel that are like creeping in so it's like very unique um and then he has three white socks i mean that's totally my kind of horse i love sorrels with white socks so he's just absolutely beautiful okay so this will be the last one from oh no i have two more Okay, so this is from Kristen. I adopted my Rock Creek Stallion two years ago, and I did not know that he was a stallion. On his BLM papers, it said that he was a gelding, and he was highly reactive, striking, kicking, etc. 
Then he became a gelding and his personality did a 180. He was a sweetheart, but still very reactive to new things. After a year, I got... I, of course, got his title, and me and my ex-boyfriend split up, and I had gifted him to my ex because he fell absolutely in love with him. Unfortunately, he was not rideable, and at this point, I had accepted he was going to be a pasture ornament for the rest of his life. Fast forward a little over a year later, I get a random text asking if I want him back. Well, of course I say yes, and I'm freaking out because I can only imagine how far back he had gone training-wise because he was a pet, fed, and, occasion and occasionally brushed, and that was the only handling he had in a year. I get there to pick him up, and he walks right up to me and just lays his head on my chest, and I've had him back for a little over two weeks, and he has been nothing short of amazing. I got the saddle on him for the first time yesterday. That's just so amazing. So, you know, a lot of times when these Mustangs come straight out of holding or they come straight out of a bad situation, you know, they don't adapt right away. They just need time, you know, to be a horse and to really just decompress. And then that's really when you can pull their personality out of them and they really want to do something because they've been sitting for a while and humans aren't so bad. So um, that's just, I think that's just a prime example of, you know, a horse that just really needed to decompress and seems like he did. And she got the saddle on him in two weeks. So that's really amazing. He's a, a bay and he has like a half coronet, it looks like, on his front left. And then on his back left, he has a full sock with the cool little stripe down his hoof. I love those. I think those are so cool. Okay, this is from Anne. And actually, I have been following Anne's story for like a, about two years now. And this is so amazing. So this woman has adopted like five or six mustangs that were all in the same band and they're all related to like her main horse which is a stallion named woodrow and so i guess this is she's sharing her story on my post so i'm really excited to share it so Anne says sbf mustang eventing adopted their first mustang off of the february 2019 2018 internet adoption after a very competitive bidding process. His name is Woodrow and he was a popular band stallion in Wyoming being followed by several photographers. He was named by the photographers when he was still in the wild. I picked him up on 4/13/18 and it has been a fairy tale ever since. I now have 3 of his babies and have helped find a home for another one of his foals and one of his mares. Also, several of his family live in Wyoming with the photographers that followed them. Woodrow is currently competing in novice and inventing with his daughter alongside of him competing beginner novice. There's much more to this fairy tale and I'm happy to share it if you're interested. I will attach a collage of Woodrow and his offspring that I own. I have lots and lots of pictures. So happy to share more if interested. Thanks for reading and best of luck on your podcast. To be honest, I would love to interview Anne actually. So I'm going to send her a message like right now because that's just an amazing story and I think you all would love to hear it because like I said she has like three okay so maybe not five like I said before but there's like five horses or more in total that are involved with this one band stallion um but she has let me see so the one mare she has that she was talking about his daughter um is Boo and then he has McRae his son and then Gigi another one and then I do remember there's one named Dove I don't think she has that one I think someone else owns that mare um but like I said she has like the whole family so you guys will probably hear from her definitely 
Um, here's a short one from Danielle. The story of Ivan would be of interest. Assigned to be my EMM horse, very difficult to start, but we got through and placed 11th in Reno. No luck with his first adopter after the sale. Went to a talented trainer who successfully completed two Tevis Cups with him. Uh, her name is Jennifer. She can elaborate, but if there was ever a success story, he would be it. That's amazing. Yeah, so the Tevis, I don't know exactly what it is, but I do know that it's like an endurance horse, like, um... It's so many miles or whatever. So you endurance people know. I'll definitely have an endurance rider come on and explain more at some point. So here is another one. This one's short. They just keep popping up, so I'm just going to keep reading them. My mare and I are moving up to a third-level dressage over winter. I know there are people riding at higher levels. She's put up with me becoming a professional rider and subsequently going back to riding as an amateur. About 10 different jobs, including moving her several times and lots of other personal rider setbacks to get where she can really shine. This horse is beautiful. Um, and this is a picture of her in a dressage ring. Um, here's another one. That one wasn't really a story. That was just kind of like a description, but that's fine. Okay, we don't have the normal Mustang story. This is from Megan. I came across Cisco when he was nine years old. He was boarded at the ranch I worked at. He was born after his mother was adopted, so he has no brand. When I met him, he had so much anxiety ingrained in him from his previous owner. No one liked him or wanted to be around him. He was basically green and fairly dangerous. I rode him on a spoken lease for four years. I honestly hated him. He was disrespectful, dangerous, and flighty. In those four years, there was an unbelievable amount of blood, sweat, and tears, and eventually love that I poured into him. When I found out he was up for sale, I was crushed. I completely flipped my world upside down and bought him. It's been two years with him and he's completely changed horse. People love him now. He's confident in his own skin. He trail rides, road rides, does ranch work, and, comp and competes in western dressage. He's my very best friend and I love him to the moon and back. At this point, the only way up for us. The only way is up for us. And this is another... Actually, is this even a bay? <clears throat> he looks like a Gruya because of his face. He has, like, the tan up on the side of his nose. But anyways, other than that, stunning, stunning horse. Um, he has a coronet on his right front and a tall sock on his hind right. And this is them doing Western dressage. So just an absolutely beautiful horse. All of these Mustangs, <clears throat> excuse me, are just really, really beautiful. Like the before and afters that people are posting, I love to see them. Because it really shows you like <clears throat> the potential that these horses have, you know, underneath all of the, you know, the dirt and the skinniness and the rough coat and the wild eyes, you know, there's deep down a really good horse. And I think that's really the message here that I'm trying to get across with these success stories is that when you go to the pens and you see these horses and you see, you know, some scraggly little two-year-old with a butt high and his color is like all different colors and you don't even know what he is and he's got a big head and just looks like you, you got to give him a chance you have to see the potential underneath all of that you know I love to look at their eyes you know if they have a really soft eye with you know a little bit of stars in them you know there's some a glimmer of hope in there that they could be something you just have to take a chance and take them home fatten them up clean them up 
give him some exercise and they just blossom into an incredible partner and they're beautiful horses really they really are so that's all for our success stories today if you are interested in having your success story featured on my podcast you can certainly email it to me with some pictures that i can describe to the listeners And the email that you can send that to is bcrhorsemanship18 at gmail.com. Or if you join our podcast discussion forum, it is called Abby and the Mustangs Podcast Discussion Forum on Facebook. You can post your success story, post a picture with it, and if I see it, tag me in it, whatever you got to do, I will make sure that it ends up on this podcast and that your story can get heard about you and your Mustang. Again, Abby is spelled A-B-I. I don't know if I've even said that before, so... A-B-I is how you spell my name, um, because my full name is actually Abiella, but nobody can really say it, so I just go by Abby. A-B-I, Abby and the Mustangs, podcast discussion forum. Go join. There's a few questions you have to answer, but it's nothing too difficult. You don't have to study for it. Um, So go ahead and go join that. Send me your story, and it certainly will end up on this podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Crossbow Equine Services. Kylie Bowen, owner, founder, and CEO of Crossbow Equine, is offering services to coach you in your equine business needs. As a trainer and equine entrepreneur herself, Kylie has the knowledge from learning through past mistakes as an early business owner and knows the equine industry from the inside out. Equine sales marketing, leveraging social media, and helping you develop your brand are just some of the things that she does best when it comes to serving you and your horses. For listeners of this podcast, Kylie is offering a free 15-minute consultation call. You can contact her by email at crossbowequinellc at aol.com. That's crossbowequinellc at aol.com with the subject line Mustang 20. To get in touch and book your free equine business consultation, email crossbowequinellc at aol.com. Thank you. If you're interested in adopting a Mustang or burro or are looking for resources, please visit blm.gov programs and select the Wild Horse and Burro column to learn more. If you are not in the position to adopt, please share this podcast with a friend and start a conversation If you would like to donate to our Wild Horses and Burrows, please visit mustangheritagefoundation.org slash donate. Thanks for listening.